Rinky Dinking from the Gateway City. Uh, once again with us today, the senior writer for DallasStars.com, Mike Hike. Who's the junior writer, by the way? <laughs> it's Stefneski. He's your junior? <laughs> yeah, no, he's actually about uh, 85 years old. I know. He's, you know. Is he listed as junior? No. Oh. Why do they call you senior writer? They I don't just get make that. stuff up. You know, why do they have titles? The, I, I actually interviewed Steve Mayer, and he has like 27 names in his title. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't write all this stuff out. Uh, and a very special, uh, you look like you fit in with all the rest of them on a Dallas Stars road trip. Bearded with a toque and, and a half or, uh, th uh, th what do they call that? Half zip? Three quarter zip? All the way to top. Cody Eastwood, our engineering Tupperware aficionado, is filling in for Totes Magoats, who is... On assignment? Is that what we're calling it? Something. Or is he exhausted? He, it's As a millennial, he's probably exhausted. It's been hard for him. It's been 40-some-odd games. He's had to deal with us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. And uh, we have a special text version Whoa. of Holy Pacaganda coming in a little later on. But we touched on it last week. I think we obliterated who the opponent was or should be or was going to be. Hey, why not? We can throw out mistruths yeah, you know, every now and then. It's just a name. Uh, anyway, the Winter Classic 2020 at the Cotton Bowl is a, is a certainty now. It's been announced. The most Southern Classic ever. Uh, makes sense. The first Southern Stanley Cup was in Big D. Why yep. would you not have the first uh, real big-time outdoor game in Dallas? Uh, it's at the Cotton Bowl. Who should be the opponent? Seems to be everyone's question that and how do i get my hands on tickets that's right i i uh, imagine the tickets will be available uh, there's a few of seventy thousand or so um i thought about this and and i'm starting to lean towards that nashville cowboy matchup of dallas nashville and you know uh their mm. country music versus this uh dallas or texas country music and um the hope and I, I actually do believe there's a really good chance of this happening, is that they're a very good team and the Dallas Stars are a very good team. And they may be battling for a central division. That, that, do you think that matters? I do. I, I, I think it, it matters to the players. And, I mean, this is obviously going to be exciting no matter what. But I think the fact that you're in there actually fighting for two points that could make a difference, I, I, I do. I mean, I think the players and the coaches, like you watch these guys after losses and everything like that. I mean – they this is hard and you know we can sit there and say oh yeah it's 82 games and then and maybe they're you know being big babies and wah 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 you know <laughs> <laughs> my god i know sorry i slipped that one in there but point being is this is really important to these guys i i was walking down to locker room last night uh, for the post game interview and rick bonus was pacing the halls just pulling his hair out and you're just like this is important to them this is you know central division matchup mm -hmm. you were four points back you mm -hmm. needed this you had an opportunity maybe you let an opportunity slip through your hand so i do believe mixing that all in with everything else it really could make it a better game uh, the sardonic or sarcastic daryl ray would say well the opponent should be the hawks and the penguins if it's going to be on nbc uh, I think the Rangers or the Caps. I, I think the the Washington Capitals would be a fascinating they would. opponent, just because they can't win in Dallas, and they'd be like, okay, we we couldn't win at Reunion Arena. 
we can't win at American Airlines Center. I don't think they've ever won at American yeah. Airlines Center in regulation, right? Let's let's try a football stadium <laughs> and do it that way. They have Ovechkin. We're going to talk a little bit about Ovi in in a second. Uh, you know, they've they've been a marquee team for a while. Uh, I don't think they're going to fall off the map. No, as far as being a good team, the Rangers are in rebuild mode, but it it brings in what we talked about last week, which is the Cowboys, uh, Giants, Stars, Rangers trying to tie the football hockey thing together or do they just because it is a southern venue do they throw away all the original six and the idea of frozen ponds and all that and just say you know what let's go next gen and it's either nashville or i heard vegas although somebody brought up the point that they're going to play at west point i think they're going to is it at West Point or at Annapolis? Not sure. Somewhere outside. That that seems more fitting for them the, and that, their owner. Their ownership and everything, yeah. yes. Uh, the other, I mean, as far as the other uh, southern ones, I mean, the one that that some people, I think, would find intriguing would be Minnesota yeah, coming I, down, but I'm... I don't think that's going Tampa either. Bay is the other one for me, because there's a chance they could yeah. be the defending Stanley Cup yeah. champions. Yeah, yeah that, that is a good one. And, Way to go. And they have star power. Well done. Thank you. What about the unis? What should they look like? That's a real good question because the I, league pretty much dictates a hundred percent of your look. Correct for the Winter Classic, which I found somewhat surprising and in some ways understandable because it is their big event. Yes, uh, and it's turned into what it is now, and and it looks fantastic to the eyeballs, and they've got enough people in their marketing outside of all the lawyers in the league <laughs> office. I do think they have some marketers there too that have done some fine work. And uh, the one thing I want is I want painted skates. Okay. I really do. I want, I want this thing to be tricked out from the top of their heads right through the final skate lace in their toe. Silver helmets? Silver it's, skates? It's never been done. No, I, not kooky. Okay. But this has never been done since the Oakland Seals. Like, I, you remember that. Yeah. Like, when I watch these games now, and I, it was wonderful, and it's, it's really nice when it's a place like Edmonton <laughs> or it's Boston Buffalo or, or whatever, Buffalo. Yeah. Where the goalies go back to the brown pads, and that's not leather. It's right. Clarino. I've explained that many times. I bristle every time I hear an announcer say, he flashes the leather. There's no friggin' leather at all on gloves nowadays. Zero. Uh, so I would like to see them uh, with, with colored skates. Okay. I mean, th think of how outrageous that was back when it was just a white skate. Yes. When Fedorov wore it. But they all trot out their... Here's their black skates again. They have a little tiny little flare of red or green on them. Now, ooh, look at us outside the box. I mean, there was, there was a time when that's what cleats looked like right. in other sports. It's, it's a one-time thing. Yeah. Make sure every guy's got painted up skates from whatever manufacturer they use, along with their gloves. That's all I want. What about uniforms? Other than that, other than that the is my that, that's it. That's it. So I don't, you don't the care rest of the it, color and the all rest that of stuff? it. I, I look forward to seeing. I'm 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 eagerly anticipating uh, a wonderful uni sweater, right? Uh, produced by the league. I really am. The one thing that has confused me in previous 
uniform iterations? Is there desire to keep everything secret? Uh, I wouldn't mind them throwing five examples out there and letting the fans at oh, least look at can't. them. Oh, you can't. You can't do that. can't do that? No. You so can't. The fan, I don't think you can. Fans don't have that kind of uh, power. No, you're giving them too much power mm. and too much choice. And then you're going to tick some of them off because they didn't get picked. This way, you just you you reveal it. You know what I mean? I've seen those reveals. <laughs> Sometimes people get ticked. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, big, this this is something I wanted to talk about for a while. It's dear to my heart. Uh, I find I find the Finns. I call them Scandinavian Canadian. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's my own. I've yeah. coined that one. Lots it's of mine. saunas, lots of alcohol. <laughs> There's a saying in Finland: happiness is having your own red summer cottage and a potato field. That's an actual saying can you say it in finish from your time there i I can say very little that we can use on on this podcast Uh, i can say i know what i was i was a uh isomaliva large goalie uh but anyway there's something that that was out there called beyond the hockey and we'll get to that there was something called the world happiness report you ever heard of the world oh look at cody's nodding his head of course you're the most upbeat guy around here. Uh, they used global polling from Gallup to determine the happiest society on earth. And you'll never guess which society that was. The Russians? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're right next door. Uh, they, were, they were polling for uh, generosity, social support, life expectancy, freedom of choice in your life, uh, free from corruption. Man, you'd be a good fin, Cody Eastwood. Uh, the 2018 winner was, in fact, Finland. Strong work. Free education. Uh, they have a wonderful work-life balance over there. 80% of Finns trust the police, trust the, their education, and their health care institutions. And uh, the rich-poor gap is really small over there through uh, wealth distribution and, and taxation. Sounds a little bit socialistic, I know. But at the same time, how do you argue with the World Happiness Report? Correct. And you know Finns. I lived there for a year, way up north in Olu. And they, they're just, they're the most down-to-earth, wonderful people. I, I didn't find them the happiest when I was there. Right. Because they're, they're a very shy people. They're, they're, they are very much like Canadians. You know, they're just kind of polite. And, polite and nice, kind yeah. and... And they, you know, do their own sort of thing. And, and they like to have, I do know they like to have fun. Oh, do they like to have fun. When I, when I see them at work here, they're very calm people. They are. They Just, are. You know, like in a, in a sport that can be very, you know, aggressive. There aren't a lot of peaks and valleys no. with them. They just, they live life. Yeah. And they live a good life and they seem uh, to really enjoy it. And they were living life in Vancouver at the World Juniors. They beat the U.S., in the under-20 tournament in the final, uh, to take it all. Of course, Miro Haskinen could have been there. Could have. Isn't that crazy? They were the best junior team on the planet, and they could have added Miro Haskinen to the group. Every team could say that, though. They all had somebody out of there. But they're producing some hockey talent, are they not? Shout out to Yuri Lettinen for all he's doing for that country. Because he really is a big, like he's stirring the drink there. Well... 
Yeah, a guy like him, I, Saku Koivu is one of my favorite uh, people. I just think he's he's just a terrific human. Uh, Pekka Rene, the Vesna winner last year. Yep. Uh, he played in Olu. Two of the greats for Olu Karpat. They say, they still say this. Him, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah. Big goalie, though, right? <laughs> How do you say big goalie in Finnish again? <laughs> Line, Patrick Line. Yep. Stars shut him down last night in Winnipeg, but that ha- hasn't happened very often no. when they've been in Winnipeg. His career numbers are still him, okay they, against the Stars. You know, they, and I heard Ray Ferrero was talking about this at the end of the game uh, in Vancouver. That they used to be known as, you know, the plucky, the plucky fins, and they'd give you full effort. But at the end, you were like, you know, they just don't have enough talent. They were very motivated in those bronze medal games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would That's, always bring it right we, to the end. Is it going to be third or fourth? Right, <laughs> right. And it's changed. Yeah, they they are producing the best talent on the planet right now, and we have evidence of that. We're in number four yeah. in Victory Green right now. Yeah, no, I think it. And then when you consider the size of the country, yes, and the amount of talent they're producing, it is amazing. And when Yere first started getting involved with it, they were kind of in a little bit of a dip. And so you know, you just sit back and watch, you know, because I'm not in there seeing what Yere's doing. But you're like, you know, I I thought he would have done better or whatever. And this was you know five years ago or four years ago, and and then all of a sudden you start seeing this one after another after another. And now you're looking at it and saying like, this could go on for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is like I said, this is a pretty small country compared to Russia or Canada or the U.S. Uh, to be able to produce this level of talent. Yeah, I I mean I started out. In in uh, Edmonton, oh, look at that. My phone's going off during that's rinky a, That's game. a fine there. Uh, right in uh, right in the uh, early '80s in Edmonton, and they were one of the first teams to look at that country. Yeah. And they uh, had scouting there. Obviously, Yari Curry was a pretty good was fit okay. for Wayne Gretzky back then. But then Essatikinen came in, a completely different animal. Yep. You know, because Yari was so classy and smooth, and and Essa was anything but smooth. He was he was the Finnish version of Steve Ott. Yeah, you know he could play up the lineup and and do that. Ryle Routsalainen would come over, and you know he there he was on on defense. Raimo Suminen, uh, they had a bunch of them come through there. And now you you look at where that country is and what they're producing, so and what the stars have in their fold right now. You know, Miro's a great story. What about Essa? Yeah. What about Essa Lindell? Well, and again, I saw him going out to lunch today. Rope might be right in there with him. Yeah. You know, he really is starting to take that next step. Yeah. And and then when you go back in the history of what this organization has had with the the Finns, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, when you just go down the line to UC Jokinen and his shootout success. Juha Lind. Juha Nico Kapanen. And, you know, just right down the list. They've always had a good Finn on this team. Yeah. I think they've been a good team when they've had a good fin. Yeah, that's one of my one of my true tenants. <laughs> uh, speaking of our fin, our young teenage uh, fin Om, who is heading <laughs> to the All Star Weekend in uh, San Jose, let's talk about that next. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey, now. 
You're an all-star. Miro Haskinen. Hey, isn't that how that song goes? I think Something it's exactly that like line? that. Yeah. That might be the exact lyrics. It should have of been. Of all-star. It should have been. I, I'm rewriting it. That's right. So they're going to play three on three. And it's positionally picked because it's divisional. Right. It's, it's weird. It's, I, hard, it's hard to pick all-stars yeah, under this we, format. Look, we're, we're not going to go deep into all-star weekend because we have to do another rinky-dinking a couple weeks from yeah. now when we will need topics. But Haskinen is very deserving of going, no matter what's going on and positions and everything else. He look if you watched him in the first forty one games this year, he looks like an all star. Yeah, and I think you know if you decide, you know, we've had this discussion on Twitter of what is the all star game and why is it important. And I think the audience a lot of times is younger, and I think it's great that they're having younger players. I think they need to do more of that. Um, Remember when they had the young star. Yeah, thing? and Sagan was in that, I believe, I was, uh, the first first year. I was not at at first. I was like, this is a good idea. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I went, I You're went getting com- to be old. I don't know whether it's... Is that what it is? Yeah, kids love this stuff. I don't know. It just seemed like it was like, eh, I don't know. You know what? Yeah, maybe I am. Earn your way onto the actual game. I get it, but... Everyone doesn't get a friggin' trophy. It's a marketing tool. Oh, you and your marketing. I- the uniforms. <laughs> you know what? I like the uniforms. Okay, well, there you go. So I'm not that old. No, no. I do like when they go... The neon uh, green and... Uh- uh, <laughs> It's tough though, because like a guy like Ben Bishop, if you were looking at the division, Pecorine was the again. Right. He's going, he's going. He's the it's the name. Yeah, and they're leading the league in goals against. Right. I mean, shut up, everyone. Of course, he's going. Devin Dubnik's going for Minnesota over Bish. I know. You know, <laughs> Devin's. If you're just going on the game they played in Dallas, he's an all-star. He was right. phenomenal, and he, you know, he's had a he's had a good year. And you got to pick, you know, again, you have to fill out your form using all seven teams in the central. It's hard. Yeah, it's it really hard. is hard. I will say this, and I didn't even think about this till you mentioned it, but Andy Moog made an all-star game late in his career, and it was really important yeah. to him. And he said, you know what's great is I earned this. He goes, this wasn't a, you know, you're the last pick yeah. or anything like that. He goes, I earned an invitation to the all-star game at 34, 35, or whatever he was. And yeah. that's that was the thing with talking with, with Ben Bishop, too, you know, is that a lot of people go, ah, it's just, you know, it's an all-star right. weekend. It's, you know, who cares? I'll tell you what, some of the guys care. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. They it's you're going to be able to say I was a three-time All-Star, or you're not, right? Depending, or, you're, or you got that memory of being in the room with whoever right. you stop Sidney Crosby, or whatever right. it is that you know that you do at an All-Star game. It's kind of cool, yeah. You know, I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be wearing pads. So I, I feel bad. I feel bad for Ben because, again, the goaltending of this squad. In some ways, he he might have been. Uh, there might have been sort of sort of a, a hedge against him just because of how good Hadobin has been Correct. as well. And maybe that softened things a little bit in the eyes. But I think it was, look, it was 90%. All right, we need someone from here, and we need someone from here. And they did it that way. But yeah. uh, Alexander Ovechkin was chosen. Yes. He was actually chosen as the captain of the Metropolitan. And he's not going. What do you think of that? I'm fine with it. Oh. I, 
my God. Here's why. Again, it is a marketing tool, oh, and Michael. you want your best players. Michael, Michael, Michael. But here is why. If we're going to market Alex Ovechkin, haven't we gotten enough this year? I mean, like, I get it. I, I think he should be there. He is one of the best players in the league. But this is a guy who the NHL has put on center stage. Well, you're already jaded on Ovi? No, no. I'm saying I think he deserves the break. And He's going to get a break. They don't, they don't play for a week. But he'd have to go from Washington to San Jose. It's a long He's flight. He's not going on Frontier Airlines. <laughs> they all go on a private jet now. Look it. I said this on the air the other night. I'll, I'll restate it okay, here I didn't, on I the didn't podcast. Hear the official uh, take of the Razor Boy on this. Wayne Gretzky got named to 20 All-Star games. Do you know how many All-Star games hmm. Wayne Gretzky went to? I'm going to guess 20. He went to 20 of them. And there were a lot of demands on the great one back in the yes, day. Yes, there were. And they played deep into the spring over and over. I'm sure there was some weariness. And he went. They played Canada Cups after going deep into the spring. Mm. And he went. He would have loved to have gone and laid on a beach, I'm sure, when he was playing in Edmonton. Yeah. And he went. He showed up every year. He felt it was his obligation to the league, to the other players. The other players. Yes. Who want to the- play with Wayne Gretzky at the All-Star game. Exactly. And, and he, he felt he had to, he had to be there. Yeah. That it was part of the gig. All right, you swayed me. You're right. I mean, you really are. And it's funny. One of the things, and this is... I, always, I get... I just... Mike, I, I just... It infuriates me when I hear about how much rest they need nowadays. It's different. And in one generation, it has changed immensely. I, I just... I was going to say, back in the day, I kept pitching two or three times for Wayne Gretzky to win the Masterton Trophy. Mm. And they're like, well, he's not been hurt. He hasn't done... I go, it's dedication... To hockey, perseverance, and perseverance, and, and sportsmanship. Yeah. I'm going like that is Wayne Gretzky, and they're like, "Well, he's got all the other awards." I'm going like that award is Wayne Gretzky. That's a good point. And so they never listen to me. No, <laughs> it's like they don't vote a defenseman for the right <laughs> for Lady the North, Bing. Or, yeah, or, yeah, ever. You could have zero penalty minutes all season, play 27 minutes a game, and they'd be like, "Well, no, that that's the second uh, highest scoring forward, and he only had 12 penalty minutes." He's the Lady Bing winner. I blame the media. Uh, which maybe brings us into our next topic, uh, which is trade talks are, are heating up. Not, I'm no. not saying initially or, or, or exclusively around here. We don't really know no. exactly what the conversations are, which we shouldn't. Uh, the best way to go about their business in the, in the tower is to tell us whenever the trade goes down. The yep. old Lou Lamorello view or uh, way of doing things. But it does seem like there's a lot of chatter starting now with teams maybe being a little more realistic about what they are and how they are and what they're going to be and what they should do. Because you need buyers and you need sellers, yep. right? So you, as the senior writer for DallasStars.com, uh, what's the hubbub you're hearing out there, Mike? Uh, for the league or for oh, our specific team? I'll give you the floor. Okay. Uh you have a group of teams, and we've talked about this for probably the past two years, that are incredibly bunched together. Mm. And if you can get... And that's killing 
No, I think it's great. Oh, okay. And I think no, but is it killing? No, I think the it's fluid actually, trade of players. I think it actually may increase the fluid trade. I'm gonna put my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche three weeks ago or a month ago didn't seem to be big in the trade market, and now whether that's media or fans or the reality of the organization, they need something. You know why? Because they could win it all this year. And then you go to, let's say, the Dallas Stars. Okay, well, we're in win-now mode, you know. We've got to do something. So whether it's accurate or not, the buzz around this team is, yeah, it'd be really nice if they could add some players because they need to make some noise in the playoffs. And you go down the list of teams that are close, uh, even the Nashvilles and the Winnipegs, who haven't been as dominant as you thought they would be, hey, maybe they could add another player. Oh, Boston needs another center. I mean, you just go around the league, and there's 10 teams that really need something. Now you go to the flip side. Huh, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers aren't nearly as good as we thought they were going to be, and the Ottawa Senators have some contract issues. And you know what? Maybe the L.A. Kings are interested in shipping out some of their big players. And so to me, the environment is rich for moving some names that could really help some of these middle-tier teams take a step higher up the, the ladder. Do you still think that it uh, becomes uh, an arms race once one team – remember back in the yeah, day? Yeah. Like one team would make a trade, and then all, all of a sudden it was just a cavalcade of movement. Yeah. With, well, now we need something. And then – whereas lately it's more been about, well, yeah, we need an eighth defenseman and – a guy who can win face-offs and block shots. Right. And you're like, yawn. I think that, I don't know if it's a, an arms race as much as it was, because there were like Colorado, yeah. Detroit, Dallas. Well, you can't have the arms race anymore no. because you have a salary cap, salary cap and a but, budget. But I do think that people are aware. and I do think that they, they're more just, what can we do to become the potential that we are? And I think a lot of teams are looking around going like, I need that, and I need that, and I need that. And if it's you know, only going to cost some of these prospects or a draft pick. Oh, but that's, not, that's the way you and I think fans they're think. Start, I think they're starting I, to get that way a little well, bit more. Well, some places maybe, but most believe deeply in draft and develop, and prospects are just gold. They can always keep them on a board. They don't want to peddle them. They're going to turn into something. They're fearful they're going to turn into something somewhere else. Correct. All those things. I just look at the stars right now, and and uh, I th- they need some injury clarity in order to do yes. anything at all. Uh, just because they, they don't know. There's so much unknown regarding the guys that have been out. Stephen Johns, Mark Mathot, Martin Hansel. It's just... Because if they're, if they're going to do something, they need to do something to replace what those guys were supposed to be. Correct. Because they're very important individuals on this, on this and, squad. On, you know, if you go back two seasons, uh, they, it just seems like they need replacements for that if they're not going to be players. And maybe they don't know whether that... And that's the hard part. I mean, Man, it, that is a bad spot... 
Well, it's funny because people are asking me about, okay, what could they do? What are they going to do? You know, what about this LTIR and all that stuff? And basically my explanation is until they have a trade almost made, they're not going to make that decision. Because if you do make the decision to put Martin Hansel or Stephen Johns on LTIR or Mark Mathot, I think their season's done. Yeah. So they're done. And so that's a hard decision to make for a guy oh, my who God, yes. has been an important part of your team. Well, and just think of what, what e- each of those guys has gone through. Yeah. You know, Martin Hansel's had fusion surgery in his back, done all the rehab to come back. I mean, I, I in a very minor uh, parallel, I, I went through the same thing. Yeah. I know it's the worst thing. You get to a point as an athlete when you've been banged up and you've had injuries and you climb back up once, you know, with the you've got light at the end of the tunnel, there's something waiting for you, and then you get dropped back down again by it. Man, that just guts your soul. Yeah. You I talked to Connor Carrick today. Special human to get all the way back again. Yeah. You know, and, and you're facing uh in if depending upon your age, you're facing whether this is how it all ends. Yeah. What am I gonna do next and all that? So I I I commend the stars and Jim Nil for giving these guys a long, long span of time to figure out you know, am I going to be able to help? Right. And I, I mean, that's what you want as a player. Yeah. You want that kind of support from management. But there comes a time when you got to just say, I'm sorry, uh, we've tried for the good of the rest of the group. We got to do something yeah. rather radical here going forward. And I think administratively, you can wait until you really yeah. feel like you've got that trade close. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think some of the stuff can be done so retroactively. Who, uh, and just, just quickly. You want me to throw names yeah, out there? Yeah, I do. I love uh, Simmons out of so I Philadelphia. Too. I like his edge. I think the fact that they are what they are this year has hurt him and his attitude. And you talk about a guy who could get a fresh breath of air by going into a, a playoff race. I love Wayne You just Simmons. wonder how banged up. Yeah. You always wonder about yeah. that. And then the Rangers have a couple of guys. I don't I love know. Zuccarello. I love Zuccarella too. Do they need a center or do they need a center next season? Do they get the center that they need next season right now and then move one of their own centers to wing? I think they need a me, I, I think they need a center. I think they need a scoring winger. Yep. I think they need a, a veteran defenseman. Yeah. The the way if you're just looking at what they are on paper right now, to that's that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Which is quite a bit. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, but the, I mean, the the one good thing is that if indeed you know the way LTIR works, you could go over the cap by whatever these players are making. These are expensive players who could be put on LTIR. Mm-hmm. So the cap space, or at least the ability to pull off a trade like this, I think All you right. know would be there. All right. Everyone's eyes are glazed over listening <laughs> to this right now. Now they're, now they're going like, what are, we need more names. We need names. Yeah. That's the easiest thing. <laughs> I know. Just tossing names out. The heck? I want this guy. And I just, it, it, it's funny as a player because you sit around, all the players love it as long as it's not their name <laughs> being bantied about. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? They're Everyone's fans like, what too. Are you oh, yeah. of course. But at least they used to be. I don't know if they still are. But it was like, oh, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? And, that. and then as soon as their name gets uh tossed in the hopper or in the rumor mill or whatever, uh, then you, you start getting, well, it's effect, it's affecting his play a little bit in that. <laughs> it's the craziest yeah. thing. Oh, God. All right. Uh, straight ahead. We should probably check in with Tom Holy, should we not? 
He is the master of holy That's the words. I'll read the words of Tom Holy in Holy Pakaganda. Straight ahead. Our boy's not on the trip. And when the boy's not on the trip, we simply read. I'm the uh, orator of Holy Puckaganda again this week. He actually gave it a title, Whoa. Tom Holy did. Our illustrious, is he illustrious? Yeah, I think so. Distinguished. A little bit of everything. I think there's a lot of uh, words you can use about Tom Holy. VP of Stars Communications. It's a group effort, is the title. The Dallas Stars forwards have combined for 339 block shots on the year. See, messed up right there. That's 339 in three games. That's quite a bit. Eh? Yeah. On he, the he season. the season, yes. of course. That leads the league in team block shots by forwards. Wow. That is underreported. <laughs> uh, the top five teams are Dallas with that number. The Ottawa Senators at 326. The New York Hockey Rangers. Then the Colorado Avalanche. Then the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know what that says. It's not high cotton. I'll I, tell you that. It's not a good group I, of I, I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, the Stars defensemen have the third most combined goals in the league with 26. And think about that. John Klingberg hasn't scored a goal in like 35 team games. Yep. That's nuts, isn't it? Uh, the top five teams in goals by D-men are Ottawa with 30, the Minnesota Wild with 29. Gotcha. They're going to miss Dumba for a while, but good number for them. Dallas with those 26. The Columbus Blue Jackets with 24. Interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Seth Jones is a... He's an okay player. Him and Wierenski are the goods. The Detroit Red Wings. They show up on both of these lists. Detroit with 22. It's not a good list to be on. I'm just kidding. And then he, he adds the note, consider yourself rinky-dinked. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Thanks, Tom. He's authoritative, too. That's another thing he is. He's looking for the Panglossian view of all things Dallas Stars. There you go. That's why we love him. Uh, you had something you wanted to bring forth to well, the uh, general Co group? Cody's our stand-in millennial today, and it's really hard to put a title he's on. He's not a millennial. I know he's not. What are you, by the way? 31. I know. What does that make you? I thought it was 1980. And a yuppie? To 1994. <laughs> is that what it is? No, no. Is it? Uh, are you a, are you an Xer? Yeah, you might be so a Gen Xer. Anyway, what'd you want to? My ask point him? being is, uh, uh, Cody, what's your mom's name? Cheryl. Cheryl. How would we know that her name is Cheryl? Because Cody calls his mom Cheryl, not mom. Cheryl. My my daughters do that when they want to be sassy, <laughs> and Kristen Ray does not enjoy it at all, at all. So explain yourself, Cody. My mother would always tell her kids, she has three, if you yell mom and we're on the playground, I'm not going to respond. So you better say my name because I can't, I'm not paying attention all the time. If you say sure, I'll bam, I'm right on it. She is a curated mother, yes. which depending on the way you pronounce that could mean multiple things, but I like that. It's, that's a need to know. My mother's also a happy camper at the moment. 
I just got engaged last month. Okay, congratulations. Way to go, Cody. We breaking news on here. What do we have? We had Hitch, Hitch hired in uh, Edmonton, and we have this. So my question is, what's your best marriage advice? Oh, oh God, no. Lord. I'll start, Cody. You're always wrong. <laughs> and I, I, I don't mean that. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but somebody in the, in the partnership needs to be the one who says, yeah, I'm sorry, my bad. Because that's the only way you resolve some of their skirmishes. I, I'm a firm believer in this because I've watched many a hockey player get divorced immediately after they stop playing. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Stay on the road for at least a portion of your professional life. <laughs> because once you're around all the time, man, that's toxic. It's tough even in the summer yes. sometimes. Every day, uh, it's me again. Can't you go golfing or go do something? Because their their life gets going into a rhythm without you, and then you come back and you almost just mess it up. Yeah. And uh, I just, I think you round each other too much is not healthy. So, it's some space. That's all. Good advice, there, Dale. Look at listen to us. I know it's like a Doctor Phil session. We're the masters. Rinky dinky. Uh, I got two things, two more things. We, we'll hit them pretty quick, and then we'll climb our way out of here. Okay. We got a big one tonight. How about tonight for a pre-scout? It's the dream pre-scout, right? Yeah. Because the next two teams are playing each other. Perfect. Sit there. Just watch notes it notes on both. It's good times. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, you had this one in your little notepad today. Games the Stars deserve to win but didn't versus games the Stars won but didn't deserve to. How about that juxtaposition? So most recently, I would look at the Washington game. Yep. And Hudobin was phenomenal again in the pipes. They gave up like 20, in the low 20s in, in scoring chances. Yeah. Quality just, scoring like just chances. The, uh, that's what I mean. High danger or whatever <laughs> they call it now. Just think of this, like back in in the time of Marty Turco and, and Eddie Belfour and that, it was single digits every night yeah. and a lot of times low single digits, and like four scoring chances. It wasn't 20 shots on goal, let alone 20 scoring chances. It was like chances. four or five scoring chances. Yeah. There were like 24 or 25 scoring chances and some some rather talented individuals yeah, on the other wiring side. the puck too including the leading goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, so did you go through and come up with numbers? No, I have not. I, did, no. I should do that research. I'm very sorry about that. Well, at least it's a great this, title. We'll, no, we'll move on. This is anecdotally. Oh, I, I see. And, and the point I was trying to make is I don't ever walk out of these games like going, boy, they really should have won that one. You know, they got beat by the other team's goalie. They, you know, whatever. A ref's call messed them up. Like, when they win... So some of that could be good, though. Yeah. That they just overrun a talented goaltender on the other side rather than than get stopped up. Correct. Or constipated, as Correct. we see. Uh, yeah, and some of the home games have been, you know, really yes. good performances. Second periods, yes. anyway. But, I mean, too often, like, I'm sitting here going, like, whoa, Hudobin stole that one. But then, like, the game yesterday, you're just like, I know Monty was pretty happy with a lot of the good things they did in Winnipeg, but you're not, like, Winnipeg earned the win. 
You're just like, they executed the plays they needed to execute. Their goaltender was better. You walk out of there going like, well, they didn't deserve to win that one. Yeah. And and that's been the case all year. And so then I'm asking myself, is that a bad trend or are they heading towards something better? I mean, in the in the last seven games, I think they've really gotten the shot differential more to the liking of Jim Montgomery. So, you know, is that a good thing or are they still way in transition and they are not close to it being still a dominant It still fluctuates wildly, though. Oh, hey? it does. They give up 49, they come home, they get 45, and it's Yesterday's game, way. first five minutes, not bad. Next 15, <laughs> oh my gosh. It it's was much like the climate. <laughs> and the stock market right That's now. True. I think it's just following those it's just all over the those place. trends. I, I went back through in my mind, and I'm I'm with you a little bit. I, I never really thought of it. We've yeah. you know, laid flowers at the feet of both goaltenders for half a year now. But I can honestly just off the top of my head run through games and go, there's probably eight to ten games, which is a lot. Yeah. Because they've only played, what, 43 now? Yeah. Eight to ten games that they didn't deserve to win. Right. In regulation, didn't deserve to win and won. Yep. That that's a that's a big number. Then you flip it the other way and again, I'm split because part of it is they're winning they win a lot of times right. when they deserve to, to win. win. They were the better team right. and maybe they didn't win by as much as they deserved to win by, but they still won. Yeah. So optically, maybe, or cosmetically, it wasn't as pretty as it, as it could have been. But there, there might be two or three. There might be only that. Yeah. I mean, like you just Five maybe at the most. You don't have that thought in the back of your head like, yeah. whoa, lucky to get out of that one yeah. there. Yeah. That's, you're right. So, and again, I don't know what that means. I don't either. I don't know. There's a lot of confusing topics in Rinky Dinking this Well, week. and I, this season. More premises than anything else. In particular. We walk out, I think, a lot of times going like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that game means. And then when you talk to the coaches, they're similarly confused because I don't know what they are yet. And and that could be a good thing. And maybe they're just this, you know, mold of clay that, that is moving towards something that the coaching staff and the players... That would be claymation if it's molded clay that's I li- moving. I like that. I think that's what we can call this team, the claymations. <laughs> Should we? Sure. Should have called this podcast claymation. <laughs> uh, final thing: empty net goals. This this follows right on the path of what we've been on uh, this week on the podcast, which is I have no idea what this means. None. Right. I just know that it's probably not very good, but in the grand scheme of things. Does it have any bearing on anything? I don't know. Some of the better saves this season have been by players <laughs> in front of a yawning net, including last game. Yeah. And Radulov has done it many times. I think it that part of it speaks to the, the character and determination of that man. Yeah. Like he he's nuts sometimes, but he's he's nuts with He's possessed with competitive fire. Yes. Where I think he just gets lost in what is actually going on. But, man, he he looked like Vladislav Trechak, yeah. not Rad, uh, Alexander Radulov on that. See him peek back to find his net? He yeah. was a long way out. That's that's where, as a goaltender, you get yourself in trouble. Right. You know, because you, you've drifted from your net. It's tough to find your angles and what have you. Then he, he, he came back in a semi-stance. And he was retreating at, at sort of the same speed 
as the shooter was coming at him. All the things that you teach goaltenders. Yeah. Then he makes a save. Well, and he didn't, he didn't just get hit. He made a save. Yeah. Bishop said after the game, and he didn't say this sarcastically or funny. He said, "Well, he's our third goalie." Yeah. Like if we really had to go to that, it'd be Radulov. We've, we've had some good ones. We obviously Craig Ludwig was. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, way back when. Shot he didn't blocking even have, king. He didn't even have to change pads. pads. He just <laughs> leave his shin pads on. And then the next generation was Mike Ribeiro. Yep. And he would put the goal gear on and go into practice. And he looked like a goaltender. Yeah. Turgeon, I think, was very similar. Yes. You know. Yeah. That he, when he had played when he was a kid. Ba- back to the World Junior. I didn't realize that Primo's, Keith Primo's kid was a goalie. You're getting old. Isn't that nuts? So we had a Canadian, sort of had Canadian blood in the U.S. net. There you go. Uh, it's always you and the Canadian but blood. But how, how does, I, I don't understand how those individuals who were players allowed their kids to play goal. <laughs> Some, like the story you hear is the older brother wants to shoot. Yeah, but dads never allow that. That's true. Not They're if like, you're a player. I will, a I will say this as anyway, a kid. Anyway, no, we're getting as off topic. As a kid, I know we're getting off topic. We need to wrap this up. The tools of ignorance. You wrap it up. The tools yes. of ignorance are attractive. As a they kid. Are. Like you're going to like, oh, I get They were more to- attractive back in the day yes. because of the way they smelled. <laughs> Honest to God, you, I've said it before. I'm a leather lover. <laughs> I have a fetish for leather. That didn't come out right. No, it didn't. No. I mean like boot leather right, and the, that. No, okay. Well, we're going to put that up on the yeah. preview. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl Ray. They probably will. I know. Anyway, your point? I don't even remember. Okay. Back to empty net goals. So beyond the the saves, which which is great, and there've yeah. been there've been a lot of them. Yes, they've still allowed the most empty net goals in the league. Correct. They're tied with the L.A. Kings. They've allowed a dozen. So it, it's like it just puts off the inevitable. Yes, with this group, and they're they're and then the other part of the equation is. They're tied with a gaggle of teams for the fewest Fewest. scored. So they've got both ends of it. I mean, they've scored four empty net goals. And they've led in some games. Uh, They're tied with Edmonton, Florida, the St. Louis Blues, Arizona, and the New York Rangers. And by last count, all five of those are out of a playoff spot, right? Uh, for the fewest in the league. So they've, they've allowed the most and scored the fewest empty net goals. What does that mean? I think coaching has Put a lot. Put it into perspective. I think coaching has a lot to do with it. I, I do believe that, you know, the way the coaches... Well, some in, of the, A bunch of these teams have had multiple coaches. Well, that's true. But when Lindy came in and they set the record for empty net goals, he said, look, go for the empty net. Because if you do this with a minute four left... That's a minute four. We don't have to kill off. And, you know, those are high-stress minutes. So he firmly believed that. The team embraced it. I think they got good at it. I think they knew, the defenseman knew, look, I'm going to have to try and shoot this 180 feet. I better start practicing and practice. So all of those things combined. They did practice it. They really did. Yeah. And then, well, but- it was part of their initiation thing, though, right? Yes. New guy would, would come, and they'd make him shoot from the other end and then they get out of skate and then they just maul them in the corner (laughs) never really fully understood that but it's team bonding yes uh and then vice versa on this group this coach doesn't mind pulling the goalie with five minutes left it was i thought he was i I thought it was brilliant last night it was perfect time how he did it uh he was obviously marrying it up a little bit with the with the top group 
It was four on four, turned into a five on four. four. It was about what, there were five minutes left in the game. Then he then he took him, put him back in to give yeah, the well, top. Yeah, if you were listening to a previous rinky dinking, which I think you were because you was. were on it. I didn't listen. I told you the absolute perfect time. To I pull know your what you were saying when you're down by two or when you're down by one. Four twenty. Four twenty. It's an easy one to remember, <laughs> it's isn't it? An easy it? one to remember. I wonder why. But my point being is this coach. We'll take that risk with the thought, with the payoff that it could happen. But at the end of the day, you also help, happen to lead the league in empty net goals against. So there you go. I think it's coaching. I think coaching has a lot to do with it. Now you know that the stars got to get it done when there's no goalie in the net better. That's right. Because they're really dragging their fannies <laughs> in that. All right. I heard this phrase this week, um, and we'll bid you all adieu until next week. I don't even know what this means, but that seems to be the theme of this week's Brinky Dinky. It's all unfinished to me. It really is. This is the most unvarnished edition we've ever put out. The coefficient of restitution. Doesn't that sound great? It does. Those are big words. Yeah, it makes me sound smart, which I really enjoy. I'm faking it. No. But I looked it up. It's the ratio of the final velocity to the initial velocity after collision of two objects. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on.